0: Uh, today's first reading is taken from Genesis 18, verses 1 to 8, and it can be found on page 17 of your Pew Bibles. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Marma, while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, if I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat, so you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sars of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. The second reading is taken from Romans 12, verses 9 to 13, and is on page 1139 in your pew Bibles. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God. Let us pray. So gracious God as we think a bit this morning of, of something different, as we look at what we're going to be doing in something in a couple of weeks' time. Lord just help us to be excited about it and come and just speak into each one of our hearts for how we can be involved, we pray. Amen. Here's the scene. It's it's Christmas Day around 1980 in in my grandparents' house. My grandma and my granddad, they lived in a former pit village in the country, and they had this quite small two-up, two-down terraced house. It was the only house that I ever knew that that they ever lived in. And what would happen on Christmas Day is all my family would, would gather there in the early afternoon, so my mum would turn up with my dad and me and my sister, and my brother, my auntie and my uncle would turn up with, 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 with their three boys, and my other auntie would turn up as well. And we'd be all together, united in our, in our celebrations. And, and when we gathered, sometimes we'd, kind of like, I guess a bit like you, we'd be all together in, in one room. At time, usually that was the dining room for my for my grandma and granddad. Because she, my grandma, always used to prepare this kind of delicious high tea. You've stuffed yourself with your Christmas lunch. Well, high tea came at about four o'clock, and there was there was kind of only one criteria for this tea. It had to consist of the glorious trinity of chocolate, cream, and cake. And that was it. that was it. The rest, well just didn't get eaten, really. And we would also <laughs> gather in this room for the, for the present opening. And, and kind of like, I'm sure as you'll understand, as a small child, some presents from some aunties were gratefully received. And some weren't. I'm sure you know, you know what I mean. But then, on other occasions, we kind of spill out. And we wouldn't all be necessarily together. You know, there were occasions when some of us would get sidetracked playing with the latest Christmas toy that we wanted. Or there'd be conversations going on with a, with a couple of people or we'd play musical chairs around the TV. You know, the old people came in for the what I called the Queen's Speech and then the kids came in for the James Bond movie. Do you remember when James Bond used to be on on Christmas Day? The only time of the year it used to be on rather than, as my children tell me, it's on every night, Dad, basically. But, you know... When I think about those Christmases, there were times when we were all together, but there were some times when we were separate, but we were still united as a family, even though we might not have been doing the same thing all at the time. And here's the reason why I'm telling you this story about one of my Christmas Day traditions. Because... I want to talk to you and just spend a few minutes this morning talking to you about some of the changes that we're going to make to the first Sunday of the month service from the beginning of June. Now, when we've been thinking about these changes as a worship planning group, I think, I think certainly for us, the changes are more evolutionary rather than revolutionary, as you'll maybe see. I think they can be quite subtle, yet paradoxically they can make a big impression And also, they can be seamless if we embrace them all together. And I suppose in many ways, this idea of change being in those three ways can be seen actually in the the name of the service. So if you're a visitor with us this morning, then the first Sunday of the month is kind of the service where we're all gathered together. So we don't have separate activities like we've got going on at the moment elsewhere for the, for the children and the youth. It's, the, it's a service that we gather together. We call that service, some of us call that service, well I don't know what we call it, but some of us might call it all age service. Or some of us might call it the worship for all service. But the first change is in the name. It's going to be called the all in service. So as you can see it's kind of not a revolutionary change in title. You might say it's quite subtle, but actually when we think about it, it can actually make a big impression because the name reflects the vision behind the idea in many ways. And it's, we call it all in because of this. All in isn't about all age. Because when we think about all age, we start to think of things in terms of age groups. And so when we plan an all-age service, we, we think about it in terms of, will will that appeal to children, or can adults engage with it? And the problem with that approach is that we then start to think in terms of age groups. And it's very difficult, if not impossible, to try and get something that appeals to all ages at the same time. And so what happens is an all-age becomes child-focused, or it becomes... Family-focused or it becomes adult-focused, whereas the truth is, is that irrespective of our age, we all have different needs. If you're a teacher, you'll know this. If you've got a class and you've got a group of five-year-olds, you'll know that n- your five-year-olds are all different. It doesn't matter that they're the, they're the same age. And we know this as a group, don't we? Some of us are greatly creative. I'm not. Some of us are, are thinkers aren't we? Some of us like to talk. Some of us like to be alone. Some of us like to be still. Some of us learn by seeing. Some of us learn by doing. Some of us learn by hearing. Some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. We're all got different needs. And this is where the all-in title kind of reflects those different needs. But it can be a seamless change as well if we kind of say... I'm going to adopt it because all in means we're all in this together. All in means we're literally all in the same place. But going back to my Christmas Day story, at some stage we'll all be literally doing the same thing, but at other times we'll be in different parts of the same place doing different things. But all in also means we're going to give this all we've got. Because it's about coming together, isn't it, as the whole church family, regardless of our age or regardless of our, of our personal preferences, to be united in love as a community of God's people. That's what it's about, isn't it? And we do this because we love him and we want to worship him together, learning about him from and each other. You know, when I think about my Christmas days as, as a child, when my family gathered we kind of put aside our differences in favour of being together inevitably during those bigger times together there were compromises that we, that we all made but we made them because our love for each other was the priority and so we should think of all in worship in the same way because we gather to build relationships with God and each other there'll be times of togetherness and sometimes that togetherness might involve compromise from some of us but that's okay because our love for each other is the priority thing but also there'll be moments across the theme of the service where we'll reflect those different needs that we have and give that opportunity to learn in different ways so all in is the first change if you like it's a name change but it's more than a name change It kind of reflects a bit more about the vision behind the idea but here's the next change it's it's kind of about the the values of the service and once more I think when you hear what I'm about to say I think hopefully we'll see. well maybe this is more evolutionary rather than revolutionary maybe it's subtle but it will make a huge impression and maybe actually this could be seamless it could just work so straightforwardly. So there are two values to, to remember to this, to this particular service. Here's the first one. It's the word hospitality. Now, if we think about hospitality for a moment, if we think about practicing hospitality, when I think about hospitality and what that means, I think of four things. You see, practicing hospitality is all about the host, so the question that we have to ask is, is who's the host? Who's the host for, for, for this service? Actually, who's the host for any service? And the answer is, we are. We're all hosts. You know, if, we're, if we've been coming to this church for more than, more than six months, if we're on the electoral roll, every service we attend, not just this one, but every service we attend, we're all hosts and practicing hospitality is based upon the idea that we're all hosts and not guests so what that means is that if we're going to start as we are uh, at 9:30 on that particular service with breakfast because that will still continue if we're a host we'll be there for as close as we can possibly to 9:30 won't we You don't invite someone round to your house and you say, come at 7.30 and then you turn up at 7.45. That just doesn't happen, does it? We'd think that was rude, wouldn't we? If we'd been a guest and someone had told us, oh, be there for 7.30, and okay, we were a bit polite and decorum, we followed the etiquette and we turned up maybe five minutes late, but our host didn't turn up till 7.45, we'd be wondering, hey, what am I doing? Have I got the right day or have I got the right time? And practicing hospitality is about recognizing that, isn't it? It's about recognising that, that we're the host. Practising hospitality is about excellence. This is what excellence means. Excellence means doing the best within the constraints that, that, that we have. That's what, that's what we do with, 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 with any service, but this service more than more. And at the moment, we've got, okay, we've got this layout that's this 1860s building, so we've got this huge constraint. But there's still lots of things that we, we can do and make use of it. Practicing hospitality is about this idea of, of abundance. You know, if you were to do a study through the Gospels, about whenever Jesus sat down and ate with people, or whenever, whenever he had times together with people, there is this picture of, of abundance, isn't there? Now, of course... Of course we have to be sensible. But but this is what kind of that means. It means kind of no cheap products or tight portions. That's that's what it means in practice. Because that is Jesus wouldn't have served tight products and cheap portions. You know, that's what something about practicing hospitality is. Okay, we're not going to serve caviar every week. And we're just going to be sensible. But you know what I mean? It's a really important thing when we're practicing hospitality as hosts to think about what images do we present when we do that. And practicing hospitality is about welcome, isn't it? Think about this for the moment. So if we're all hosts, who are the welcomers? We all are. It's not just the people who might be the side people on the day. And as I was reminded, some of us who were with me on Thursday and Friday last week, welcome begins in the car park, doesn't it? Welcome begins with a, with, with, with a smile. Welcome begins as you, as you walk down that path. And then welcome begins before you even enter the door so that if we're a side person on, on any Sunday, actually, not just the first Sunday, but on any Sunday, welcome begins, as I remember hearing from when I was from one of the sessions from the Willow Creek Global Leadership Summit last year, welcome begins four metres before you actually meet that person, doesn't it? You know, I don't know about you, but when I, when I go into my particular bank in town and I have to wait in a queue, I know I'm not felt very welcome, don't you? It's almost like next or whatever your number is or, or whatever that... That's not what it's about. Welcome is about that greeting. Welcome, let me tell you about what is the loneliest walk in this church. The loneliest walk in this church is from that door to here. Welcome is about, for people who are new, it's about saying, I'm going to go with them. And I'm going to introduce them to somebody. And welcome is then about looking out for people who... Who we don't see every week. If they go oh, well. I wouldn't go. And going and being friendly. Because. As, as, as I know only too well. And you'll know this. You know. God just brings people at times to this church. And. They don't know anyone else. But the Holy Spirit is. Is, is, is moving in their lives. And this happens all over the world. Because that's just what God is like. And. The reason why then people don't then connect with a church is because most churches think they're friendly. And most churches are friendly. But there's a difference between being friendly and and, and making friends. And that's all about the whole idea of what it means to to practice hospitality. So that's the, the first value. It's about thinking, not just before the service, thinking during the service, that actually we know might might happen next, but there won't. It's about thinking afterwards. You know, just saying, well, I can chat to my friends in a few minutes' time maybe. But there's this person here, and, you know, I can just be a friend to them. I can just practice hospitality as to what that means. And then there's a second value behind behind this service, which should be the same in any service, isn't it? And it's... Joy, quite simple, joy. If you were with us three months ago on the Bob Jackson day that we held together, one of the things that, that, that he would have said and you would have heard him said, was how instrumental joy is in a congregation to the impact that the church makes in the local area if we think about our week of prayer and that third theme that we were praying about we were praying that that our church would be so full of the life and joy of Christ that it would overflow to others and that's what it's about and this is a great opportunity You know, if you want to know one of the reasons why the early church grew and impacted the world like it still does 2000 years later According to the early church historian, Tertullian, who was this big early church historian, who wasn't a Christian, and he explained and he said, the reason why I became a Christian was quite straightforward. It was because of the hilariousness of the saints. That's what it was. It was that that the group of Christians was such a fun bunch of people that he just wanted to be one of them. If you think about, if, if you know something of the history of Leo Tolstoy, who was this great Christian once more, in a time in, in, in Russia that was not the easiest time. What was the reason why he became a Christian? Was He saw how the Christians lived in terms of the peace they had in life, and death and the joy they had in life and death and it was so infectious that he wanted to become one too. And so as we've prayed over this past week you know that we would be so full of the life and joy of Christ. Now is this great opportunity to put that into practice in our lives. Now a lot of these things I think are, they're evolutionary rather than revolutionary. I think we're a long way there. It's just about Putting them into practice. So let me show you just before I close, so you know for two weeks' time, and for every virtual first Sunday in future, what a what a typical service will will look like. And I'll just break it down for you on this on the screen here, so you can so you can see what it's about. So it's quite straightforward. We we, we start with breakfast from, from 9.30, then, then we have some song worship together, which will consist of a gathering song, it'll be the same song every week, we're going to teach it to you, when the, when the children and you've come back, and yeah, it's pretty memorable. <laughs> the people who are laughing are the people who've had to learn it, so um, yeah, yeah, we're just going to go with it and we'll see, we might change it, but we're going to stick with it for now. And we're going to, so it's the same song, so we all know a, there'll be a creative use of the psalms, because obviously psalms are songs of praise and another song. Then there'll be some sort of creative activity that we'll all do together, but will be around the theme of the service, which, is, which, which will then lead into some sort of drama or some sort of sketch or some sort of acting thing. So if you're great at acting, you know, you will be in your element in that particular part of the service. And then there'll be, there'll be the talk bit, which, which will be split into two and interspersed with, with a song. And those bits are, if you like, the bits that we all do together. But kind of going back to that Christmas Day story, there'll be then bits that we can do in what we call different zones. It's called the all-in-sync. And what there will normally be is there'll be different zones for us to... Engage with the theme of the service and what God might be wanting to explore, you to explore further with him. And how you can do that using your own preferred learning style. For some of us, that might be that we just want to sing some more and worship God in that way. So there'll be opportunity in that. For some of us, we'll maybe want to create something that God has started to speak to us and I'll show you what that will look like in a minute. For some of us, we may learn by moving and doing something so there'll be an opportunity there for some of us we might want to write because we're kind of creative in in that way we don't want to really move and we don't want to do anything to do with pictures or sticking things on that'll be too much for us but we want to write or maybe for some of us we want to discuss things we want to think a bit more about what it's going to mean what does the theme mean? And then maybe for some of us, we just want to be silent and to, and to think. And it's important to say, you know, these different activities, they aren't for people who are just under 45 years old, or they're not just for kids, because some of us who are 70 are very creative. And it's about engaging with the idea depending upon our learning style. But each of these ideas have a purpose behind them. And here's the purpose behind them. Sometimes we can create something like we might have done a prayer station before. And we can create something about God is love and we can maybe create this giant heart collage. And we can look back at it and we can say, oh that's wonderful but why did I do that? And this is where the difference comes in. Because as we do those activities, the person leading them will be kind of saying, well, listen, what does this tell us about God and his love for us? So it's about leading a discussion through that. And if this is how God loves us, how does that mean that we should love one another? So there's a purpose behind these particular zones. And then we come back together for a final response time together before we close with a song and a blessing. So let me share, just in closing, two ways that you can be involved, two ways that you can make a difference to this service. The first is quite straightforward. It's by adopting these values of hospitality, this value of, of joy. And the second one is actually by, by leading one of these all-in-sync areas. Because you'll see we're going to try and do up to six each time. Which kind of means because they're in different places and they happen at the same time, that, that there needs to be six different people to do them. Because obviously I can't be in six places at one time. So it needs some of us to say, you know what? I could lead one of these zones. You know, God has given me a gift of creativity. or oh, God has given me a gift that I learned by doing. And I'm sure there must be other people in this church who, who are like that. And I could lead that particular part of, of the service. You wouldn't have to think of the idea. That's already there. You'd have a month to prepare for it. So there wouldn't be the problem of, of, of time. And it would be about saying, you know what, I could prepare that activity I could get it ready. I could then lead that activity, which means I could think through how many people I might have. I can think through, well, what are the things that might go wrong during those 15 minutes or so? Or how can I lead the discussion? How can I introduce the subject, let's say in two weeks' time, of God is love? How can I introduce that through what I've been doing? And then it's about tidying up the activity at the end, simple things, and just giving us some, some feedback. You know, there are, those are two ways in which we could just be involved as, as, as part of this service in the area. So I just wanted to share that with you, with you this morning. We felt as a worship planning group that it was important so that you knew what was happening. So it doesn't just hit you in, in, in two weeks' time. And as we pray together now and in a moment, we'll, we'll sing this song together this, this new gathering song you know maybe the Holy Spirit may speak to each one of us of how we can play our part God I want to thank you straight away for, for each member of that, the worship planning group who have come together to help us to, to think about our services at 10 o'clock and in particular this, this first Sunday of the month and Lord we're, we're excited about this we're excited about the way in which you have kind of been speaking to each one of us individually at different times and then when we've come together we've, we've shared these ideas and as we've, we've laid out the ideas this morning, Lord help each one of us here to, to just get on board with them to understand what that means and to think, yes I can help in this way The spirit of Jesus. For this is why we're here. We're here for you. So Lord, ignite in us that passion to serve. In this place we pray.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen.